1: At long last, it is the day of reckoning for Larry Householder, the day he finds out how much of his life he will now spend behind bars for the biggest corruption scheme in the history of Ohio. It's amazing that it has taken almost three years to get here. Justice is grinding slowly. So many people have yet to be charged. But today, at least the kingpin of this thing gets the orange jumpsuit. It's Today in Ohio, the news podcast discussion from Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer. I'm Chris Quinn here with Lisa Garvin, Layla Tassi, and Laura Johnston. We will be talking about Larry Householder's sentence tomorrow, but today we're starting with a different element of First Energy. What argument did attorneys for disgraced former Ohio Public Utilities Chief Sam Randazzo make to the Ohio Supreme Court to hold on to his assets, including millions that First Energy says it paid him in bribes. Lisa? Yeah, this is an interesting legal argument,
2: actually. There were oral arguments uh, yesterday in the Ohio Supreme Court. Where Sam Randazzo's attorneys are asking to unfreeze $4 million in assets from various accounts. And now these assets were seized as part of a civil lawsuit filed by Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost. He said he got a judge's approval to freeze that money out of concern that Randazzo would try to hide the assets after an FBI raid on his home in 2021. So uh, Yost took this to the Supreme Court after an appeals court sided with Randazzo in this case. So in 2021, First Energy had a deferred prosecution agreement where they admitted paying Randazzo this $4.3 million for favorable treatment by the Public Utilities Commission of Ohio. But Randazzo's attorney, Roger Sugarman, says the state was wrong to rely on a deferred prosecution agreement to imply guilt for Randazzo. Um, He says there's no indictments. Randazzo has not been charged, despite the raid on his house. And they say that... Legal protections were ignored in the pre judgment action to freeze Randazzo's assets. So they say every statement against Randazzo is hearsay and unsupported by evidence. The attorney for the Attorney General's Office, Charles Miller, says he took reasonable steps given evidence that Randazzo was trying to judgment proof himself by selling and gifting and transferring about $8.5 million in assets, including a home in Florida and Ohio and a gift to his son and, and some other payments.
1: There has to be common sense brought to this. First Energy says it gave the guy millions in bribes. The prosecutors, the, the people involved are trying to make sure that he does not profit from that money while this thing is out in adjudication land. And protecting that money now is important. Letting Randazzo go ahead and squander it before he comes to justice is a mistake. And hopefully, look, the easiest way for this to be dealt with would be if the prosecutors who've been dealing with this thing forever would just file the charges. First Energy has pleaded to giving him bribes. I mean, he has the money. First Energy says it's bribes. Why hasn't he been indicted yet? Hopefully, after the sentencing of Householder Today and Matt Borges Tomorrow, the next phase of this prosecution will begin.
2: Yeah, I think we've all been scratching our heads. I mean, this raid was two years ago, almost two years ago, and we're wondering when the other shoe is going to drop. We have to think that maybe he's cutting a a plea deal, trying to get partial immunity in in exchange for his testimony. It's just a head scratcher.
1: I know, but if he's negotiating immunity, he's basically admitting guilt, so he shouldn't get the money back. I Mm -hmm. mean, the last Mm -hmm. thing that should happen is profit from the fruits of corrupt behavior. I mean, all of the people involved in this, Betrayed the citizens of Ohio. And Mike DeWine appointed this guy despite misgivings that were given to him about the quality of his character. So, this is all on Mike DeWine as well. You're listening to Today in Ohio. Wednesday was unlike any we can remember in Northeast Ohio, with smoke so thick that visibility was a problem, and the particulates in the air made it dangerous to exercise. It's the fires in Canada causing it. Laura, when do experts expect it to clear up and this has not happened before. We lived in something yesterday that we had never experienced.
3: No, I know. I, I I, said in my my note in my newsletter, the Wake Up newsletter, that I remember plenty of cancellations with thunderstorms, right? But This is the first time I can remember cancellations of swim practice and Little League games and outdoor concerts in the state of the county address all because of smoke. And I fear that it's going to be a regular occurrence. It is better today. I mean, you can see the sun. It's not just as like this neon ball that looks like a Nerf ball in the sky in and in a very gray sky. You can't smell the smoke, at least from my house this morning. Yesterday, when I stepped out around 630 in the morning, it smelled like a campfire. And my, my daughter's at Girl Scout camp. And they actually said, we're going to try to keep the kids inside today. It's like, it's just it's like the world has turned on its head. And this is really dangerous for you. Obviously, if you're a healthy person with normal lungs, you probably aren't going to get sick just from one day. But it this can add up, and we don't know the long-term health effects
1: well, it, it, you're right. It's better today. We're in the red zone instead of the purple zone right
3: which, right. We which, flirted with three hundred, which is like incredibly yeah. hazardous.
1: But we're still way up there in an area where they recommend that if you're outside, you should be wearing an N95 mask. I'm trying to understand what the equivalents are. I saw some people discussing this in different forums saying this is like smoking cigarettes if you breathe this all day. Uh, It's just amazing to me that that masks are going to be a permanent part of our lives because of climate change. And it's such a wake-up call that we should do something about this. The stultifying heat in Texas. Lisa, you spent years in Texas, but Mm -hmm. they are dealing with heat that they say they've never dealt with before. And it's just sitting there, 115 degrees. Was it ever 115 when you were there?
2: Well, the first year I was there, 1980, they broke several heat records that stood for many years. But most of those records from 1980 have now fallen because of the weather this year.
1: And everybody is saying, look, Yes, we had heat waves before. Yes, we've had fires before. Climate change has intensified them, and that's why the eastern half of the United States is now seeing what the western half has dealt with. It's a, it's just surprising. I to to be outside in that you in air in something you've never really contemplated before we really do need to do something to start protecting and this planet
3: wildfires always came to mind for california right like it was a west coast thing you're like oh, that's why you don't mm-hmm. live in california i mean every province in canada has had wildfires like you know northern canada it just seems so bizarre
1: okay you're listening to today in ohio Well, this is an offshoot Is all this smoke as bad for our pets as it is for us? We were speculating on this yesterday, and Gretchen Crowen went out and found out right away what the status is.
4: Yeah, the answer is it is just as bad for our pets. The American Veterinary Medical Association advises us to take precautions to keep animals Safe. Then that includes livestock as well as your your household pets. They suggest that pet owners should treat their pets with the same precautions they would use for themselves. This includes keeping pets indoors as much as possible during these periods of terrible air quality and, and limiting outdoor exercise and watching for any signs of discomfort. Birds are a special case. Apparently, their respiratory systems are, are especially susceptible to damage from this pollution. So, if for some reason you're bird owner who takes your birds outside, (laughs) refrain from doing that until the smoke clears. And and just as they say um, that the very young and older adult humans are particularly at risk, so are puppies and kittens and older pets or pets with asthma or, or underlying health conditions or dogs that are brachycephalic, meaning they have a very wide, short skull like bulldogs or Boston Terriers or pugs. But they advise not to use the masks that are designed for dogs unless you live in really close proximity to an active fire. They say these masks likely won't fit your pet well enough to benefit from it. And, and also, it could prevent the dog from panting, which could cause your dog to overheat.
1: Yeah, it sounds. Uh, I wonder what does it mean for all the wild birds. Then are we going to have right. fewer songbirds in our midst? That actually I mean, was a question
4: is... that immediately popped in mind. I hadn't even thought about how this is affecting our, uh, you know, our, our bird population here. Are we going to find dead birds in places?
1: I wonder actually, if they I have found have some a dead bird ed- in my
4: lawn yesterday. <laughs> Come to think of mm. it. What?
1: I wonder if they have an evolutionary mechanism that that when the smoke is around that they reduce their activity or something. I don't know. It's uh it's pretty scary. One of the things we're also looking into, what does this mean for our machinery? You know, our cars have air filters in them. Does this mean we need to change it more often? Because mm. they're gonna get clogged up with this stuff. You're listening to today in Ohio, one more on the smoke. July fourth is next week. If the smoke comes back or if it's as thick as it was yesterday, will fireworks shows be canceled, Lisa?
2: Uh, Officials in various cities are deliberating whether they're going to do that. Here in Cleveland, the Light Up the Lake show uh, put on by Downtown Cleveland Incorporated, they're evaluating their current protocols, looking at air quality issues, and they say, so they haven't made a decision. They say they did have a July 5th rain date in place anyway, so they could use that if necessary. In Lakewood, the mayor's chief of staff, John Story, says they're not going to put citizens at risk for their Lakewood Park show. Show, and they will consult with the, you know, the air quality index and other professionals before making a decision in Westlake, the mayor, Dennis Clough or Clough, I'm not sure Clough. how you say it yeah, it's Clough, Clough. would take a, he said it would take a lot to cancel the Westlake fireworks, you know, such as a CDC advisory. That's what it would take. He says otherwise the show will go on. They've only canceled it one time in his 38 years as mayor, and they did that for dry weather. In Medina, the fire marshal Mark Crumley says their decision to cancel their show on the 3rd of July was up to the mayor. He says they will probably proceed with the understanding of the situation and let the citizens decide whether or not they want to come. He says this is new territory for all of us, just like COVID was. And we did talk to the Cleveland Department of Health. Amy Schmidt says that fireworks will add to the bad air. We know that. You see the cloud of smoke after every fireworks show. So it always spikes the particulate matters when you do have fireworks. So, you know, we'll just have to see. But these are expensive. Shows most of them they can cost tens of thousands of dollars so I'm sure economics has something to do with their decision.
1: Yeah, the contracts are there. It would be a shame if we had to cancel it. We lost some of the shows during the pandemic because crowds weren't getting together. There's two elements to this. There's one, it's the the particulates that are added, as you mentioned. It's also if people are all outside during that period, if there's a lot of particulate, they're breathing more. Uh, but, but people do need the break, you know, the intensity of the news and all of Mm -hmm. the distress people feel. This is one of the things that give them joy. I hope they get to have the joy. We'll see. You're listening to today in Ohio. If you're flying out of Cleveland Hopkins international airport for the July 4th holiday week, can you expect to find any parking spots there? Laura.
3: Good luck. I wouldn't go and just wait with your blinker on and hope somebody leaves. So more than 50 million people, Americans, are expected to travel this holiday weekend. Obviously, it's not really a holiday weekend. Fourth of July is on Tuesday, but plenty of people have Monday off. So this is a record number of people both flying and driving according to AAA. So airport officials say they're going to have a million passengers through the airport in both July and August this summer. That's numbers we haven't seen since 2008. And that's despite the fact that airfare is costing 40 to 50% more than last year. Hotel prices are also up slightly. Friday's supposed to be the busiest day. And already on Wednesday morning, there were no spots in several of the on-site parking garage, including the blue and red surface lots. There was availability on orange as well as brown and gray. But if you want to park at the airport, I would suggest using one of those off-site spots and getting your using the app to reserve a spot first.
1: Yeah, actually, after we talked about this the last time, I heard from some people that have recommended those off-site lots in the past. And they said, you know, I just found out they're closed too. So it's not guaranteed that even in the off-site lots, people can get spaces, if you can reserve that using the app, that sounds like the wise thing to do.
3: Right. Or, you know, get an Uber if you live close enough or (laughs) ask family or friends who are not traveling for the holiday weekend to drop you off. Because, yeah, (laughs) I wouldn't park.
1: Or go to Pittsburgh. Fly out of Pittsburgh. You never know. (laughs) You're listening to Today in Ohio.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
1: Okay, Layla, why was Kid Cootie having a phone call with Cleveland Mayor Justin Bibb on Wednesday?
0: So, uh, the rapper
4: who's from Cleveland had planned his Moon's Landing, uh, M- Moon Man's Landing concert on August 19th at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. And a couple days ago, he announced on Twitter that he was canceling it because the fans weren't feeling the venue. Last year, he held Moon's Man- Moon, Man- Moon's- Moon Man's <laughs> Landing outdoors down in the flats. And he invited other big acts to join him. And the show was a pretty big hit. But in his tweets this week, Kid Cudi said Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse was his backup plan because the city was just such a pain in the butt about giving him a permit to have it in the flats. And that caught Mayor Justin Bibb's attention. So he he tagged Kid Cudi on Facebook and said, we'd love to have you in Cleveland. Direct message me and let me know how I can help He later tweeted again and and that it didn't uh, appear that Kid Cudi had applied for a permit for this show to be held in the flats, but he was looking forward to speaking with him and helping to make it happen. So then later, Kid Cudi tweeted and said, uh, you know, just had a great call with Mayor Bibb about the festival working fast to find a solution to still do it this year. Thanks, Justin, for making yourself available, brother. So kind of fun to see this all play out in social media.
1: Yeah. Can you imagine Frank Jackson having that conversation?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Did he have a social media account at all?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's just a very different era in Cleveland with the much younger, cooler mayor. You're listening to Today in Ohio. Pride Month is coming to to a close tomorrow, but before it does, we published a story explaining what each of the letters in LGBTQIA plus mean. What does reporter Julie Washington say, Laura?
3: So this, this is confusing, right? If you ever just I asked you to name what all of those stood for, would you be able to? Probably not. I, you know, it's one of those words we like all run together without necessarily thinking about each letter. So Julie had the idea to work with John Panna, our videographer, on the series where they found someone to represent each letter and explain what it means to them. And they worked with PFLAG. On this to find the people. I guess next year we're probably going to have to break down P flag. But um, the first two stories posted yesterday, we'll have three more this week. The guy who explained bisexuality for the B in LGBTQIA plus was really interesting in that he brought up the word pansexual, which I guess. It's not a letter in this, but could be represented by the plus. And bi indicates two as two genders. But if you see gender as fluid, you want a more inclusive term.
1: So so we're going to drop the B? I
3: I don't know that it's ever going to be dropped. I had this conversation with Julie. I was like, because it seems to be that's where we're heading, right? If the idea is gender is a spectrum, then it's not a bi. But it might be one of those words that, you know, gets gets grandfathered in i guess or and if you have the plus that covers a lot of it um inter the i is intersex and a is asexual so that is all included in this which is interesting and the the folks she interviewed are they have really thoughtful stories to tell so somebody the the, the person who represented transgender said he knew something the adults in his life didn't know when he was growing up. He was treated like a girl, but he felt like a boy. So they took, ended up taking uh, hormones and pursuing surgery and just wanted to let people know that we're normal everyday folks, just like everyone else. We laugh, we cry, we love, we want to leave a rich, full life. And part of that means just embracing who we are. And so they're, I mean, they're just trying to be at peace with themselves.
1: Yeah, I, I hear from readers who get very confused by this and, and the the changing pronouns. So I think it was a good idea to do the story. Um, I, I would love to know how it's received by the majority of our readers.
3: Yeah, I hope that they see these individuals as explaining their personal story and why they relate to this, because I think it's really easy just to say, not to use just the pronouns, but it's a they problem, right? I don't understand it. That's They They are different from me. And they all. Just, everybody just wants the same things out of life. So hopefully this can make you see things from a little bit different perspective.
1: Yeah, that is the key. Hearing from people, the individuals about why it's important for them to be recognized. It's an effective story by Julie. People should check it out. It's on cleveland.com. You're listening to Today in Ohio. Well, there's an odd new vending machine at the Cleveland airport. What can you buy in it? And the answer is not a parking space.
4: (laughs) Yeah, this machine sells Cleveland script merchandise, including adult and youth t-shirts and trucker hats. It's located near gate C9 at Concourse C and it's stocked with a bunch of cool Cleveland souvenirs it's it's part of this 3 month pilot project that destination cleveland created to promote the cleveland brand they're going to evaluate how successful this was in september uh the t-shirts are available in v-neck and crew neck styles blue black and gray and sizes up to 2xl youth sizes but pr- and prices are $30 for the crew shirts 26 for v-neck $20 for youth shirts and $25 for the hat. So th- those really aren't terrible prices considering that, I don't know, Cinnabon at the airport probably cost nine bucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you own anything with that Cleveland logo
4: on it? I don't have that. I don't have the script, but you know, I, I, I'm a Clevelander. I got... I got a whole drawer full of Cleveland shirts. <laughs> what, about, <laughs> but, what
1: about Lisa and Laura? Do you guys own anything with that Cleveland script on it?
2: I do. I have like a little snow globe. I've got a couple stickers on my car. Yeah, I do. All
1: right,
3: well. I don't have the script. I have the old school Clee Clothing Company t-shirts. I haven't got a new Cleveland shirt in a while. So I'll have to, t- <laughs> I want to know, like, if you live here and you're not leaving at the airport, can you buy these anywhere? Probably, oh yeah. Probably on their website, yeah, right? Yeah, no.
1: They they make it available. Look, it's, look, how many people when they're going to an airport they want to bring something home to to remember where they were or give it as a gift. It's a great idea to put these out there. I just I'm, I wonder how many Clevelanders. I
4: want to know, how are they packaged in, in, in the vending machine so they don't get stuck when they're vending? They're, <laughs> I mean,
1: they're, they're, I can't
4: get a Snickers bar to save my life <laughs> to drop from the vending machine.
1: I looked at the picture. They're rolled up, and but okay. yeah, I can see what you're saying. So
4: no trucker hat is going to get, you're not going to find a machine just jammed up with trucker hats?
1: You might. You never know. <laughs> you're listening to Titan Ohio. All right, Lisa, what is TrickBot, and what role did Greater Cleveland play in bringing part of it down?
2: Yeah, TrickBot is this Russian cyber criminal gang that's been around since 2014, and this case that was brought in Cleveland federal court is like the first crack in the the, uh, armor of this group. So uh, yesterday, in Cleveland federal Judge Solomon Oliver's court, 57-year-old Ola Witt, uh, pleaded guilty to charges of conspiracy conspiracy to commit computer fraud. She was sentenced to two years and eight months in prison, but with time served and good behavior because she's currently in the Mahoning County Jail, she'll be behind bars for about three more months before she's uh, deported. Um, Judge Oliver says there will be an additional hearing to determine restitution that could be anywhere from $12 million to $20 million. And prosecutors allege that uh, Witta was... The face of Trickbot. Um, she, uh, and this group has stolen about $2.1 million from 10 Northeast Ohio businesses and schools. For instance, Avon Schools lost $471,000. North Canton Business lost 750000 to this scam. So, Witta developed a uh, a system to categorize stolen personal information that made it easier for criminals to use this information. She also created a phishing email template that demanded ransom for stolen information. Assistant U.S. Attorney Duncan Brown, that wanted four years. She said that he he said that even though Witta was a big contributor. She was a big contributor, even though she wasn't a major player, and she wasn't a high-level person, but her email hit more than one million inboxes worldwide. Now, on the other hand, defense attorneys tried to paint her as just a little cog in the wheel. They said she was a remarkable woman who overcame adversity. She had no idea her programming job was for TrickBot, but when she found out she was working for TrickBot, she decided to say, stay and. Lawyer said that was the biggest mistake of her life. And she was crying during this uh, hearing yesterday. She apologized to her victim. She said she just wanted to work for basic survival. So but trick bot is a big deal. And like I said, this is the first crack in the armor.
1: So yeah, but if we deport her in three months, she's just going to do it again, right? I mean, what's the stopper if she's back home? Uh, from from launching another attack, it's frightening how much damage there was that was done, and it's fascinating that it all comes into an Ohio court. Yeah, and it took two
2: years. I mean, these indictments were handed up in 2021, and they were sealed, but they unsealed hers, and then there's another uh, defendant who's had theirs unsealed as well. So we may see more in the future.
1: Okay, stories on cleveland.com. You're listening to Today in Ohio. Wealthy people love to donate large amounts of cash to our hospital systems. It seems like we have stories about this multiple times a year, tens of millions of dollars. But a $10 million gift this week is not going for buildings or other projects normally funded this way. Laura, what will it pay for?
3: It's paying for solutions mission. So this is the Veal Initiative for Healthcare Innovation. It's going to tackle healthcare's biggest issues with innovation and test ways to transform healthcare. So that's looking at big problems like reducing hospital costs, allowing people to heal at home rather than in the hospital, and finding new approaches to problems. Any solutions this initiative finds will be implemented across university hospitals, probably other health systems. And one of the big things they're looking at is ways to reduce medical costs, enhance quality, and cut waste. I think all of us could get on board with that.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, generally, when this money is donated, somebody's name is going up on the side of a building somewhere.
3: Right. right. And they have to come up with a new way to say building, like pavilion. Yeah. Like, you're like, what? Like, how is
1: that a pavilion? Yeah. It's just amazing that the hospitals are always the recipients of this largesse yes when there are so many other things that need the money. And I guess it's because the hospitals have helped people. But this is focused on something that could be game changing. This is investing in, changing the future of medicine
3: yeah i and i hope they find these solutions and we've talked before case western reserve i feel like they come up with a lot of technology approaches to things and 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 the studies they've done and how ai is helping and i think a lot i think this could go a long way hopefully with, with rising medical costs i mean is there a year that goes by that we don't pay more in health insurance it'd be nice to stop that
1: all right. You're listening to Today in Ohio. Before you go, I want to just ask you guys a quick question. Did you know where to find your masks yesterday? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes, but I don't have any N95s. When my daughter went to Girl Scout camp, it was on the packing list. And she's like, do you know where the masks are? And I was like, yes, they're in a bag in the basement. So <laughs> went down and found them, but I never bought N95s, so I might have to buy my first.
2: I yeah. had yeah, I had a stash uh, just before the end of the pandemic. I bought a, a, like a stash of 30 KN95 masks, Air Queens, and I have some in my car. I, ke- you know, I've always kept them in my car, but I knew exactly where to go to get them. Oh, and yeah. I wore it yesterday
1: when I was out doing my errands. I wish I had. Layla, do you know where yours are?
4: No, we. I was just asking my husband that today because he had like a big bag of them that we were just hauling around throughout the pandemic, <laughs> and um, I have no idea. But we are headed to uh, Chicago to um, where you know that passing through Chicago, we're going to stop and we're supposed to see the Guardians uh, play the Cubs at Wrigley Field. Oh, and I that's just fun. Uh, yeah, but I'm so afraid that it's either going to be canceled or we're going to be exposed to some awful. Smoke because Chicago, I think, is even worse off than we are right now in terms of the numbers.
1: Chicago was <laughs> bad. I don't know if it's still bad today. I think Probably
3: it... going to depend on the day. Yeah. We just posted a story on from the wire that basically says you'll either have super hot humidity or smoke. So get used to
1: it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, I it's guess like, yay summer. <laughs> I guess if there's smoke, it'll cut down on the barbecue grilling for the holiday. Oh, I because uh, you don't want to add to the particulates if it's that bad. Okay, we will be back on Friday, and then we will not be podcasting next week. We're taking a break to enjoy the holiday week. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Layla. Thanks, Laura. Thank you for listening. Come on back tomorrow. We'll be talking about Larry Householder Sentence.